Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Neil and Kristen Baker's Psychic Hour. Well, we're on the air on Tuesday today, 1030 different time, 1230 for those of you in the central United States and 130 for those of you in Pacific and 1130 for those in mountain time. So now that we've uh, reviewed all the time zones in the United States, so we forgot Hawaii, which is, what do they call Hawaii's time zone? I forgot. <laughs> right. Well, the waterfall time zone. Um, Anyway, here we are, 914-338-0164 is the way to reach us. We do have a caller in the queue from 530, area code, we know who you are, but don't know if you're just listening or would like to speak with us. If you would like to speak with us, 530, please do press 1 so we know you would like a reading. Um, I think she's just listening. So uh, we want to let everybody know how to reach us, Facebook, not reach us, but follow us. Uh, follow us, support our show, etc. And you may do that by way of our Facebook page, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic. And those accounts, um, Facebook and Twitter, can be found on our homepage for Blog Talk Radio, where you may follow us as well. Again, that call in number 914-338-0164. Okay, where were we well, last time? Are we? Are, are we? Where where are we? Where were we? We're right here. <laughs> you know, you have the law. I'm a little more energetic at this hour, I think. Maybe uh, it's a better time for me. You know, sometimes with some people, the concern is maybe prematurely, but the concern is about a life unfinished. Have you finished everything you needed to do when when you originally came down here? And how much knowledge is stored in your brain in terms of what you're supposed to finish as opposed to frivolous things that don't matter much in time and space. Uh, we do, we all have a code in our brain, somewhere in our brain, somewhere down deep inside, that we are meant to finish certain things on the planet while we are here. And some are more significant than others. Some things are small in detail. It doesn't have a great impact upon the world. Other things have tremendous impact, but it's all amount of, amounting to the idea that is your life unfinished or are you conducting an unfinished life or will it be unfinished by the time you actually expire? Well, and so, you know, the interesting thing is most people, most of the general population don't really understand their birth date codes, what, that, what the birth date codes mean for them personally, but there are going to be people that have a higher consciousness as to what they're supposed to complete on the planet than others. 
So there's a differentiation between individuals that have higher consciousness versus those who are, you know, have their minds in um, more earthly matters, even though they may not have an awareness of the birth date code itself. And what yeah, it that's a good point. I, I, I mean, the code in the birth date does is some degree, hold some degree of explanation as to what one's meant to do. If you understand the chakra system and the symbolism of the numbers and how they might apply to your life, it's hard to really analyze your own birthday and decide, well, if my birthday ends on a one, what is that? What am I supposed to finish? What does that really going, mean? Going to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, which you don't want to leave unfinished, at least while you're alive, but... The idea that our birth date holds a code, but you know, you go through life without understanding life particularly in any particular manner because you go through life not with any written record as to what you're going to do. Life is a bit of a mystery, unraveling a puzzle, if you will, or constructing one. So if you, if you, Compare a life to not really knowing what each day is going to hold so you have a general idea. You can look at your number system in your birthday and get a general idea about the theme. Of course, you have to relate the theme to many different things um, since it's personal related to chakra systems, to code. And that journey is, is, could be suggestive of some symbolism, maybe a, a, a rare license of interpretation in some part. But we all have a certain code, a certain route that we're supposed to take so route. that our life route. is not, route. not R-O-O-T, R-O-U-T. No, root system. Oh, root you, system. a certain so route? route we're supposed to, yeah. A root system goes down and up. The root of a seed goes downward to produce the, the actual root and then it goes upward to uh, expand into the into the atmosphere. The idea, we were talking about a route. Um, well, I thought that's what you meant, but apparently... A not. route is something different. A route is also a pathway. Well, there is. And so is a route. Yeah. But we could, we might assume, well, we don't need chakras. We could just assume have we done everything we wanted to do in life? Have we led a full life? Have, is there anything we haven't done? What we haven't done, you think it's going to be commanding on your spirit that you didn't complete it? Or is it just going to be something that regret that is not going to hold a lot of weight in the afterlife? So we have certain things that we are meant to do and certain things that we are compelled to do, and certain things that we creatively want to do. So in that capacity, we have two categories. We have karmic necessities and creative. And what we do creatively is different than what we do karmically. Even though karma can be creative in its context, meaning not that you're being creative in terms of transcendence, but right. you can be, you can come into the earth very creative, and that can be a karmic situation. Yeah, 
karma, the difference between the karma, the creativity of karma, is that karma is mandatory. It's something you have to do and make up for. And you can be creative during those aspects and any aspect of the element of creativity, whether it's a karmic creativity or something you create while you are also doing karma. But karma is stands apart from other energies because it's something that you're mandated to do. It's necessary. You can't transcend without completing your karma. And right. karma is based on something that was done incorrectly or non-judiciously yeah. in the past life. Right. And so, so then sometimes people in for their entire lives will never reach a point where they're able to be creative in a transcendent fashion because they are so overwhelmed with the karma they came in with from their past life that their karma follows them throughout their yeah. life till the end of their lives. Unfortunately, it can be like a stain that expands. Uh, karma, for those of us who don't deal with their karma, it can just spread like wildfire over a lifetime and you're continuously battling the same energy day after day, year after year, for decades. It never seems to leave. You seem to be in a monotony and rut of energy that seems to be negative. That's when karma follows you and you have yet to resolve it. Because it won't go away. Karma's here to stay until it's dissolved. It will not leave. You can bury it but it will come back up again. You know, you know, neither living dead, but it will come back up again and haunt you. Well, it's interesting, too, because, you know, for, the, for, for I mean, it's different for each individual. So, you know, a certain individual may have to stay in their hometown for their entire life or near their hometown in the same area in order to get through their karma. And another person might have to leave because the karma will overwhelm them if they don't. So... You know, escaping, yeah. you know, people dying in certain locations, for example. People may go to a certain location and end up dying in that location, and that's ultimately their karma catching up with them and them returning to a place that had some uh, karmic incident in a past life. Right. Um, sure. You can escape your karma by departing from it. Some people think that would be, you know, don't move move somewhere else. Your problems are going to follow you. That can be true in certain cases, but sometimes it does require a move to escape problems. However, sometimes a move will cause karma to erupt it, and it overwhelm. Can. It gets it gets convoluted. I mean, if you're a, a if you're having the disease of alcoholism and you live next door to a bar. And you, every time you walk outside, you're tempted to go into that bar. And you decide it will be of your best interest not just to conquer alcoholism, but to move, get away from that vicinity. That, that, that means that's literally what you're saying. You can remove yourself from the situation if the karma is toxic. And moving helps to relieve the energy or remove the energy entirely. Then you can... Reduce it in that way. Karma comes in typically in our birth. Some of it's very good, some of it's half and half, and some of it's just pure crap. 
And so we have to decide how we're going to uh, remove that karma and exchange it with something. Some of these people who are born in severe poverty or crime, and they rise to be great politicians or inventors or artists. Businessmen. All of that. Blah, blah, blah. It's all part. Now we'll use someone say, well, maybe that was destiny. Maybe they're following a destiny, and that was still part of the karmic. Well, yeah, and oftentimes that's true, especially if they rise to some great success. Yeah. What matters is that the breadth of one's life shows a progression of higher energy. There should be a progression of higher energy. So by golly, once we kick off the planet, we have succeeded in evolving in our state of being to such an extent that we have done nothing but grown and expanded our awareness and added contributions to the planet that are beneficial. God forbid we don't leave with some issue of karma. Like, let's say, you know, Johnny Depp were to die today in this trial scene. Did he escape? These people who have life sentences for murder or whatever, do they escape if they die prematurely before their sentences do? I don't believe so. I think it follows. I don't think death is the ultimate capturing of security. Well, he's dead. What does it matter now? Well, maybe that's true, but I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't. But I'm not this. So it goes on, and consequently, the soul carries whatever is left unfinished, good or bad. Sometimes it's left unfinished good, and you come back and you do good to finish it off, because you have to do it for a certain amount of years. So, um, right, you can live a really great life and contribute a lot and be on a higher plane and not really be done at the end of your yeah. lifetime with all the karma that you came in with because the past right. lives are so varied and diverse that you don't know you don't know unless you're highly, highly in tune with your past lives or you're consulting someone that is um, what your karmic journey is going to be in a specific lifetime and lifetimes forthcoming. You know, it's, it's, um, I was just reading about this Steve Irwin, who, uh, the crocodile hunter. Which is crazy, the way he died, uh, considering he was such an animal lover. Reggie the alligator, and they couldn't capture him. Somebody had released this alligator, and he was a young croc or alligator, And uh, he grew very large, and he was in an L.A. uh, park in the the pond there. It was a vast space, but still captured by a certain parameter. Now, they couldn't, you know, it was deemed that it wasn't healthy for this alligator to be in the ponds ultimately there's going to be some disaster going on an alligator but the alligator kind of minds his own business no mishaps nothing bad going on it was hard to capture him some of these experts came trotting down the lane and tried to capture him nobody succeeded and then steve Irwin was contacted 
And he was in about a week going to come down to L.A. and capture this uh, alligator and put him more or less in a, in a safer sanctuary, like a zoo or something. But lo and behold, a week before his arrival, he goes on some expedition in the ocean. And contrary to his belief and knowledge, he gets too close to a stingray, not a stingray, and gets zapped in the chest. And at that point, he knew he was going to die. Because you can't, you're, you're going to die if you leave it in, and you're going to die if you pull it out. So it was curtains. Now, did he finish? Did he finish his work? I mean, this was a great environmentalist. He, he loved animals. He, you know, he was a little bit wild in his, and, and he was a little bit frenzied in his approach to dealing with the wildlife, but he wasn't going to kill it. You would think that he would have like a one or a four on his birthday just because of the... Probably an eight or a six. Let's see. Um, he does have a six. He has a broken four, February 22nd, which is a six. Let's see, six, 16, 17, 18, uh, 18, this is 24, six. Yeah. So... Yeah, six or an eight. So something like that. And a four. He has a four in his karma. He has a four in his karmic number. Yeah. Instead of one or a four. You but you would think, you know, the relationship with the earth. I mean, he was, you know, well, environmentalist. Planet. What was his whole birthday? 22262. Yeah. So well, there's no one. No, there's no one. I, I was wrong on no, that. Account. I didn't think there'd be a one. Because well, the problem, the situation with a man like him, when you analyze the numbers, he doesn't need a one. It's not, he didn't, he was already past karma with the earth. But he wasn't past karma with some attitude that in a past life he did something wrong with wildlife. Well, there's, yeah. And he got too close to the mantra, the stingray, and it got him in the chest, the heart. And so there was some seeking of revenge. Now, could that have been a Moby Dick symbolism? Well, he died on a one. Yeah. He died on 9-4-2006, which is a one. So, yeah. well. The, yeah. the question is, and on the floor, he still had a lot September. to do. He had children. He still had dreams. He still had things he had to do. Not to mention Reggie the alligator capturing him. Not that it was mind blowing. He was eventually captured. Uh, but then the question is, when Steve Irwin gets up to the plateau of of judgment. Well, Steve, did, let's see what let's see what's going on here. Now you did this and you did this. So, oh, the stingray, and they start to evaluate. Well, uh, let's see your point system, and they conclude whether he left prematurely. I mean, certainly he was reckless because he had he knew his attitude was to encroach upon the within the flight distance of an animal. But usually, when he captured an animal. It was either to display it to the TV viewing public or to just delight in capturing them and saying, hello there, buddy, and letting them go. Or there was something you had to do, location, relocation, or something like that. Is that, I mean, is that really true? I mean, what else? I don't know much about Steve Irwin personally. I, I don't know if you watched a show. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. So I don't know, you know, aside from his, personality and you know his tv personality what he did i know he was a conservationist but what were his real contributions to wildlife well awareness conservation awareness besides his television show 
there was an awareness. Well, that's television. He saved animals. He saved kangaroos. I mean, he he was an active uh, target. Yeah, I mean, he did a lot. He founded a conservation foundation, became an independent charity. He had his own sanctuary. He he urged people to take part in considerate tourism and not support illegal poaching. Um, Oh, he was a saint when it comes to the animal world. He was a saint. But, I mean, he came in uh, with... A, 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 he was... Criticized. But. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it, it, you know, he had problems in his birth date, 2-22-62. So he's got that 11 factor going on with the 22s. His first and last are 22. Well, you know, his death, he was, he was memorialized, and the whole nation fell, the whole world fell, fell in grief upon his death. His wife appeared to love him. His children loved him. His son followed. His son and daughter followed in his footsteps. And he he was a courageous man. I mean, he was aggressive. He was a bit prolific in in the sense of being a TV personality and dramatic. And sometimes he was, you know. People could, you know, some of the softer environmentalists would say, "We're well, jumping all over their alligator." You know, why you just leave them alone? What, what do you have to go, you know, in your short pants and your boots and you're jumping over everything and tackling them? But he would never hurt them. Uh, sometimes it was for the sake of a show, so he could put the face of the creature up to the camera and go, "Look at that beauty," and all that kind of thing. There you go, fella. You'll be all right. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure the animal wasn't thinking, oh, great, uh, you know, my TV, thank you for allowing me. So there was some kind of assault. But all in good, all in good intention, he wasn't a hunter or killer. Now, did he leave behind unfinished work? Yeah. Well, on some level, yeah. His children were young. Yeah, he was not even finished. He wasn't ready to die. No. But but what he did, does that amount for transcendence? You know, if we leave a life unfinished, the content of that life, does it qualify as transcendence? Because in some respects, it's hard to say that the life is ever finished. Well, he had no no sevens in his birth date. He had no sevens. You can transcend without it. Seven or an eight or a nine. It's harder to it's harder to transcend without a seven or eight or a nine than it is to transcend with one. Well, it's not going to be a pure determinant You know, people die in the midst of work. You know, Charles Dickens died while he was writing in the Zoom. You die in the midst of work, and look how prolific he was. Well, did Charles Dickens transcend? I mean, probably not. Dickens, if I know. (laughs) You um, know, he had a seven. Yes, yeah. He was on the karmic side. Nine, ten, eighteen. And only like an eighth grade education. He was a 21 3, though. Hmm? Was not an educated man, self educated. But you read him and you think, oh my God, what a colossal brain. Uh, But you know, when you don't have to, I mean, Christ didn't graduate from the, from the you know, Institute of Religion. He, he was a 
peddler, he did the wood thing, he used to walk around with sandals. Moses, you know, he, he, he wasn't a great thinker. He stuttered so bad he didn't even know what he was up for. Well, I don't think it's a matter of whether someone's educated or not that, that qualifies them for transcendence. So I don't think that's the point in our discussion. I don't, I don't well, know we're, and we're talking about the grand metaphor of graduation. Yeah. And we're talking about accomplishing all the saying. chakras. You don't have to graduate in life, so to speak, academically to be to have a finished life. But who knows what was done in previous lifetimes to accomplish that essence of education so there may in previous lifetimes been you know scholarly scholarly pursuits in these like charles dickens for example why did charles dickens come into his lifetime in in a situation where he was impoverished and uneducated eighth grade education then became such a less than that and then became such a prolific writer there must have been something in his past life that sure, there's some brought, right that brought him to that place yeah. so in his past life history if we're going into past life history he had to have accomplished and he what i mean he did accomplish in in his lifetime as charles dickens you know an intellectual an intellectual the sixth chakra i mean the fifth and sixth chakra in terms of writing and creativity yeah, I mean, he had affairs. He, had, he had illegitimate. He, 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 he had. He wasn't all that put together in that. Well, way. that's probably. But, he, he probably didn't transcend. But I mean, if we're talking about. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, it's it's it, it might seem obvious if you well, if put he out was, a sheet of paper and say pros and cons and if he uh, was being truthful and faithful, right? There might be some degree of debate but. Uh, when we get into the idea of life, it's very fragile. I mean, it it took just a bullet to eliminate men on opposite sides of the color barrier. Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, both victims of assassination, and yet they both shared a sense of emancipation and and. Uh, the abolishment of slavery and the transcendence of that human beings are all of one of one the link, did you say lincoln lincoln yeah but it wasn't he i mean he may have been somewhat of an abolitionist but he was he, he had he wasn't exactly not a, a yeah not a racist um that that uh were not really for slavery the attitude of slavery was sometimes preoccupied by the fact that that was just that was life and that's what you do. But there, but the idea that uh, you abolish slavery, that you that men are free and you have the option. A lot of men who uh, were slaves chose to stay on the plantation. But they were free men by it. A lot of them left. It it all depends. It it just it it. The point is, whether you die a natural death and your life is unfinished, or whether you die in the midst of creation or in the midst of a mission, and you fall at that at that point, life is precious. It's fragile. 
and, and it doesn't take much to befall us, whether it's a bullet or a germ. You don't know when you're going to be taken. So what the attitude one should have is, my life is a, is a continuum of finishing my life. I'm in the process of finishing my life. The, the key word, the verb is process. That's the activation of the life. So if you die in the midst of creating and, and not stagnating, then you are at least worthy of some element of discussion. Consideration that you to might be transcend. transcend. Because it may not be, you know, maybe fate befailed you, but regardless of whether it was fate or accident, the blink, you die in the blink of an eye. Right. Well, I mean, for example, with Steve Irwin, we don't know about his spiritual beliefs. If he was, I mean, he was connected to the earth and did a lot for the environment, but where, I mean, we have no idea. I doubt if he was that spiritual. Yeah, I wouldn't I think so. I doubt if he was that spiritual. I think he loved nature and he appreciated creation. And a lot of times environmentalists, people that are environmentalists, are more into you know, appreciating the earth. And they don't get into a higher essence of spirituality because oh, the sure. earth is their, that's how they express their spirituality. Over their dining room table. Right. So, uh, it, that's, you know, I mean, did he appreciate life? Do I think he, you know, he was probably more prone to flip off poachers than he was any ethnic group. I'm sure he, I don't know, Australians might be somewhat prejudiced, aborigines and such things. They might have so, hold some sort of prejudice attitude towards indigenous Indigenous people. people. But the, but it, I don't know, you know, Steve Irwin's personal beliefs appeared, he might have had an ego. He, there might have been people who encountered him and thought, what an asshole. But, you know, it doesn't, the ultimately, you can't. You're going to offend somebody some of the time. Yeah, I was <laughs> sure that people Lincoln. think we're we're assholes too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know. It's hard to have a one in your number and not be one. <laughs> the, That's right. Uh, well, we see, he are, didn't. He didn't. <laughs> we all are assholes. If, if we weren't, we'd have a problem. We'd have to have a bag next to us and hope be holding it all the time. These euphemisms that have arisen from uh, the, the, from the sections of the of the bo- body, more or less the Bible, um, and quite uh, debated as terms of in terms of ter- the terminology of what is what makes up one's life, and have you finished your life? You know, and then to what degree some of these uh, uh, racist who believe that they have to, they if they they more people they kill that are different than them, that leads them to heaven. And some of these people who believe in those kinds of things, like uh, Democrats having immigrants come in so that you know, they, they change the whole political attitude of the country, all of these things are just. And the conspiracies, you know, there's Nazis in Ukraine. What we do 
in terms of the truth and the reality of, of, of and how we justify what needs to be finished. I'm sure Putin, Putin thinks Putin, 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 Putin thinks that he's got to finish this job in Ukraine and and under God, whatever that might mean over there, under God, and he's killing Nazis while he's committing all these atrocities. And, and destroying all these people, innocent people. Uh, not to mention monuments uh, and uh, Not to mention that, but I, I, the animals that have in zoos and things like that that have been stranded without care. I was just reading about lions and tigers that were rescued in um, in the Ukraine and and brought to the sanctuary, and they're suffering greatly. Because they're malnourished and uh, diseased, and they've gone without care for so long because of the war. I mean, it's terrible, uh, horrendous. The, the atrocities of the war go are far-reaching. It just doesn't involve human life. It involves the entire planet. So when you know, what is it to finish a life? Well, what is it? What is the? What are the? parameters of what that life consists well, of, you what know, the belief pattern is, and how much, you know, you're supposed to construct, not be so, so this is interesting because a person that we speak to regularly just emailed me and mentioned um, this is a person who is, lives alone, um, has housing that is, that was supplied by like Habitat for Humanity and, you know, has been fortunate in some regards uh, because of her economic situation to get support. Um, from the government and be able to live in a home for the rest of her life um, with a fairly low rent, get health care, but she's alone. And so this is part of her karmic journey and a big focus for her is the fact that she's not in a relationship and then it goes to these other levels of, of you know, fantasy ideas about certain types of relationships she'd like, maybe with movie stars or so on and so forth. Oh, we have a caller. We're going to take you in just a moment. But this person is kind of stuck in this karma of not being in a relationship and her focus in this email that I received was, you know, well, I'm still not married. It's 60 whatever years old. And, you know, I live vicariously through those who are, you know, married and I wish I could have this so on and so forth. But unfortunately, this distraction for her has created a block to her, you know, continuing in the process of life. It's frustrating when you can't realize your goals and dreams of having things that you want, you know, on a physical level. And this person is, like I said, alone. And that's that's a difficult situation to yeah, be we in. Cut, we have our burdens to carry. Some of us have deeper burdens than others, and some we can't seem to overcome. But then the attitude is the way you do with the Right. You have to change the dialogue and, and your thought process, which yeah. is which can be very challenging when you're in karma because the karma is overwhelming. And when you're faced every day with, with difficulties or, you know, being alone or whatever it is that is your issue, um, it can be very challenging. Well, Bill and Thomas, alcoholic dad at the age of 39, did say properly, rage against the dying of the light. Don't go gentle into that good night. There is a certain rage of energy that we all have to create in order to be transcendent. Okay, let's bring on this caller. Sorry to interrupt, but I think we should bring on our caller. 916, hi. 
Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's your name? My name's Ray. Oh, Ray, hi. We've spoken with you many times. What's your birthday again? 12-22-87. Okay. So what's your question today, Ray? Today, Ray, I didn't yeah. hear the rhyme. I did. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was looking for a general reading. Maybe, like, can you pick up something? Like, what do you see that stands out to you, I guess? Okay. What do we see that stands out oh, to okay. us? Well, well, hand it Ray, over to you, uh, first, you know, whether we are on a symbolic stage or not, but I'm seeing some traveling going on because I'm starting to see planes around you. So, okay, so you're traveling, someone's traveling, you're thinking about traveling. So the first rule of the reading is, does traveling have any direct connection to you or any indirect connection, if you will? Well, I am, me and my family, we're planning um, a trip to Cancun for Thanksgiving. Well, that's, that qualifies okay. if you're planning a trip. Well, if you're actively talking about it and it's been a conversation within your family, then that would be one of the outstanding factors. Now, when we go there, then we we open up, we turn the page, and there's a past life you have there. So on one level, um, you know, it's not inclusive of one person. This is including a family unit. So there could be a family unit of energy going on that you might just say, hey, look, it's just a vacation. What do you mean past life? Now, that might be true, but that's not the vibe I'm getting. The vibe I'm getting is that this is a migratory energy level that probably all the members of the family, maybe there's four, maybe there's five, are, are planning this trip. And, um, and it's somewhat karmic in nature because throughout lifetimes, we have sailed the seven seas. We have immigrated from continent to continent and sometimes as families sometimes as families. So if we go there, there may be something joyous about it. There may be something uh, courageously uh, investigative about it. You know, you discover something, something happens, you go buy something, you visit something, but this would amount to some energy field. The other thing I'm getting is something to do with a sailboat. So whatever is in your head, Ray, about sailboats, whether feasibly speaking or literally speaking, that got thrown into the, if you will, attitude of the Cancun. Um, yeah, Cancun. Cancun. Uh, can't pronounce. It's anyway, not a nice. If that means anything to you, that's another uh, point of interest. Mm-hmm. But I'll let Kristen handle it, or you can react to what I said. Well, yeah, let's let him speak, but I have some things to say. Go ahead, Ray. I mean, I, I don't uh, – sailboats don't come to mind. Um but, I mean, planes do. Uh, I just took a plane recently okay. uh, in December. But then, but then I'm also, you know, and then I just have my trip coming up in November. You have your trip coming up in November. So I'm just curious, Ray, are you still single? Are you still single? Yeah. So that's what yeah. my vibe that I'm getting and that you're looking for a relationship. And I'm wondering about this trip. You're going with family, but would you, in your, if you had, if, if you could plan this trip 
according to your desires, would you want a partner to be accompanying you on this trip with your family, like a female? You know, it's it's funny you say that because, uh, you know, I when we when when we first thought of this trip, I said, you know, it would be pretty cool if I had a girlfriend come along. Um, because I'm going with my godmother, my aunt, and she's a cool aunt. Everybody likes her. And I just thought, you know, it, it wouldn't necessarily have to be romantic, but it could be like a fun, like, oh, that'd be cool if I had a girlfriend to come along and enjoy the time, you know? But I said, eh, like, I'm not desperate. Like, I'm not right. like, desperate for a relationship. But I'm like, that'd be nice. No. That'd be cool, you know? That's Yeah, well, that's what I was picking up about it. And so, um, so that's where you're at. And so in, in terms of, I remember the last time you had called, there was someone at the gym that you were interested in, but that probably didn't take off. Obviously it didn't yeah. take off or you can still be single, but yeah. you're, I mean, you're, are you, are your concerns right now in life geared toward a relationship? How I, or are you more focused on career? You say you're not desperate for a relationship, but you're certainly seeking one. You're 22, 13. 13. Yeah, 35 so, years old. So, seven. On both sides of the person. Oh yeah, he has a. Bro- you have a broken up seven in your 12, 22, and then it's actualized on your um, transcendent side of your birthday, which is in your year. So. There's some issue. There's some issues in relationship because that seven is broken up by three twos and a one, and those master two signets and your master number is five. So that means that you know the likelihood of you having a relationship before you're 36 is kind of uh, prevalent, but 32 is not divisible by five, so there's always a three-year discrepancy. So it could happen anywhere between 35 mm-hmm. and 38, which would be the, the, the four, five, six, no, 35 and 37. Which is actually his, I mean, if we're kind of playing around with his birth date, his month is a 12, that's a three, and his last number is seven. So there's that 37. Yeah. There's also going to be a broken down communication process going on. It seems mechanical, so it means that something mechanical around you, equipment, breaks down. Something stops. It's not a major thing, but it does mark some element of suspense, like if it were a movie and suddenly your radio isn't working or your computer isn't working and the music kind of builds up and you're thinking, oh, boy, this is supposed to be a murder mystery. What's going on? You know, there's something about equipment breaking down. Has that happened yet, recently? Yeah, actually, my laptop just gave out. It was a brand new laptop, oh, nice. not even a year and a half old, and it just crapped out, just like out of nowhere. Oh no! Uh, I said, "Whoa, what the hell?" Um, but I was very lucky because you the, backed it uh, up. My 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 warranty had two months left on it before oh, wow. it was out, and so. Uh, Fortunately for me, I don't save things on my laptop. I save on my I save it on my Google Drive, so I can access it from every from anywhere. But ultimately, I ended up getting a new laptop because my last one crapped out. It was barely like a year and a half old. They said it was just a. It was okay. uh, an you, need a, you need a Mac. That's what you need. <laughs> you need to, it was a Mac. It was a it Mac. It was a Mac. You're kidding. It was a Mac. I'm, wow. I was I was blown away. I could not believe it. And they said, yeah, this is just an anomaly. This hardly ever happens. It's like one in like 10,000 or something crazy like that. And I happen to have that one. 
But you're saving to Google Drive, so that threw me off because normally you would save to iCloud if you have a Mac. And iCloud has been known to fail. I've had problems with iCloud not storing data after updating the operating system. Well, like documents, like like Word docs and photos, I'll put it into my Google Drive. Huh. Well, would you say that your Mac crashed? Would you consider it crashing? Okay, so here's the situation, but don't be alarmed Plain. because you called the show, and by golly, by, by golly, golly again. <laughs> we saved the day. You see, the, 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 coming up with equipment breaking down and you validated it immediately and you had no explanation for it, but the terminology would be that it crashed, and then we're talking about planes and crashing. There is an element in the past life where I think – past life speaking, you died in a plane crash. And it might have been the entire family. Now, it's not going to happen. But what it does is it gives a a psychic viewer through the validation the idea that that happened in a past life. And this lifetime, your, your plane trip will be sound and safe and everything will be okay. But, you see, it it just opens up the, the chapter of past life significance in relation to the validation coming out of nowhere because we went from planes to equipment breaking. And you validated. Now, um, the attitude of, uh, you know, you were talking about maybe having a relationship. Now, what that means, Ray, is that there's something deep in your brain that knows you're going to be in a relationship this lifetime. Because you're already having a premonition. It's wishful thinking. It doesn't seem to be the most paramount thing on your mind because you could take it or leave it at this point in time. Well, but it's still a consideration. I think you'd rather one. take it than leave it. I think you'd rather take it than leave it. Take it or leave it. No, you yeah, said take it or there. leave it, but uh, I think it's more on the take side than the leave. Yeah. So well, do you think I'll be in one, or do you think it'll be a couple of years? Oh, well, you know, now we're in a chapter between 35 and 37. That's where we are. To anything, Ray, you buy, have you bought new shoes or anything like that recently? Any new shoes? Uh, about a month ago, I bought me new dress shoes. Okay. So that's a validation towards... Actually, no, you're you. right. Actually, no, you're right. I bought me some new sneakers. But I thought we're cool. I kind of went out of my comfort zone. They're not the ones that I usually wear. But I said, you know what? Well, I'll buy these. So, yeah, I did three weeks ago. That's, that's weird. Okay, because there's I heard a similar story about someone buying sneakers that were not normally. Okay, Ray, yeah, fun and games. Weird. Here's fun and games. Name a movie that you really like. It's one of your five best movies of all time. Borat. That's one. Um, uh, white yeah. chicks. That's two. Wait, what's the Sorry? second? White chicks. White chicks. What's that? Oh, with the, with the Wayne's brothers, I think. Oh, oh yeah. Did a reading with that, those people. Go ahead. Let's see. White chicks. Super bad. Um, Passion of the Christ. Oh. Interesting, diverse list. Yeah. I, I try to be. 
Yeah. Borat. Yeah. Uh, you know and what? You know what? And you know what? what? I'll throw my all-time favorite, Mrs. Doubtfire, because I love Robin Williams. Oh. Oh. You know Borat is a Sasha Baron Cohen. Now, that, those sneakers and those dress shoes, you're not cross-dressing on. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Doubtfire. No. You know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, I'm surprised you guys didn't pick up. Um, you know, I recently uh, quit my job, and I got a new job. And I'm surprised you guys didn't pick, pick up on that one. Well, I mean, we picked up on other things, and we, I mean. Yeah, no, you but know. you did, for sure. You did. I'm yeah. kind of surprised that that one didn't come up. Well, that, I mean, we're we're still in the process of the reading, so we, you know, we're this is a continuing discussion. You you yeah, let us yeah, know yeah. before we had the opportunity to continue. I mean, no, for sure. You know, what so what are you doing now? I mean, you were do, doing politics, right? You worked for a politician before. Yeah, right? I worked worked in politics, um, and it just got really old. It got very toxic. I put in my two weeks. And then they tried firing me, but I beat them to it. Now I got a new job, uh, got a massive pay raise. And I think because now, hope you know, I'm hoping that this works out. Um, now that I have my feet under me, maybe I'll be emotionally available to maybe date something serious, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the feel, so what do you do? I mean, you do your podcast. Are you still it, doing your podcast? I can't believe it. I, I did do my podcast, but I had to take a break from it. It just took a lot. You know, because I was okay. you know, doing podcasting, it takes a lot of research, so I had to take a break. It's been about a month since I took a break. Oh, but not not long, not long. So the new job, the new job, is it like in the same? Are you are you doing communications? Are you in the communications field in this job? Yeah, so it's it's like it's legislative. It's kind of like lobbying, and they told me that they're going to bring their communications in-house and they'd like me to spearhead it okay so that's a bullseye you're doing communications for uh that's what the thrust of your job is spearheading their communications okay and and they're lobbying and they're lobbying well we picked something up (laughs) yeah no you did for sure i mean you know in the content i mean let's say we were doing an hour reading that pipe would have come in I don't know if it's, you know, you're right. We didn't pick it up immediately. immediately. And I don't think that's a, um, anything to be concerned about, maybe ego-wise, but there isn't anything that, to me, feels outstandingly wrong that we didn't get it immediately. immediately. It, you know, it was... It, well, I, so, so I think that's why I asked, like, what you guys pick up on, because I, I figured that whatever you guys picked up on first would be most important because I'm kind of already settled in, right? There's no, uh, there's no guessing. Am I going to get to, like, I know I have a job. I start in two weeks. That's all figured out. And, um, and that's actually wasn't at the top of my mind when I called. I was actually just kind of wondering what you guys would see, you know, in terms of either relationship or anything else since I already kind of have that figured out, you know? Well, I think what's interesting too is, you know, where Neil went initially with the planes, the trip, going back to a past life, then involving your family, your computer crash, then a plane crash happened in a past life. So, I mean, we're more in an esoteric plane in that part of the reading. Then, you know, and and exactly, but, but, but as far as, yes, there's safety measures, but, but an esoteric plane, the past, I'm talking, that's, I'm talking about the past life references. So that's why they came in and protecting you is, is of, 
paramount importance more important than you changing jobs at this point. And a relationship right. came in too, but you know, well, you know safety I mean, was the first real. When you look hit. at your code, you have an eight seven, and you're already past the age uh-huh. of thirty two. So that eight represents the attitude of uh, job, power, money. You had a raise that probably, I would assume it might be between fifteen twenty thousand. I'm not sure. I might be wrong, but how? It, you don't have to give us your amount of salary, but how much was the raise? It was a, it was about a ten. It was a ten thousand dollar raise. Mm, okay, I said between close. fifteen twenty. So I don't know. Maybe that's that's exactly accurate. But uh, but. The, the idea when we look at the, uh, the the fact that you've got a new job, you're 35, and that's your master number times five, which is very significant. And so when we are on that page and we're looking at the eight in your year, there's going to be some significant, there's got to be some significant things. Fortunately for you, between the eight and the seven, that would command a relationship. So do I think you'll ultimately be married in this lifetime? Yes. I don't know about children, but I think you'll be married. I think you'll you'll fall in love and ask the girl to marry you. Oh, okay. I hope and so. Surrounding- That'd be cool. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it, would, it would be nice to have a companion. All- in your surrounding area, for the commonality of the name, but any Peter or Paul or Ray. Or Mary. No, no not Ray. Peter. No. Just Peter or Paul. Anybody in your lifetime with that name? Yeah, my dad's brother and my cousin. Okay. Okay, so we're in the family zone, and that might amount to the support of you getting married for a future reference. That would be Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah. You're not going to marry Peter or Paul. Or you might marry Paula or Patricia, but it won't be Peter or Paul. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, unless something changes. Who knows? It's California. Anything can happen here. No, we're not according to you. (laughs) What? What did you say? I'm as straight as can be, I promise you. Yeah, I know. We're we're just teasing you. Anyway, um yeah. well we are we are out of time and yeah. uh thank thank you guys very much yeah. for the reading. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. No problem. You guys have a great day. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, we're back on the air T B A again. And we will talk to you soon. Bye bye.